Welcome to Connex, a global, global leadership platform for construction executives. Today we have Matt Ellis, and uh, this is kind of a, a different one. Um, Matt actually is the Vice President of Operations for ACE Consulting. Uh, so um, rather than I think Matt deals with the day and day uh, more than I do at this point, and I think he was, he's a, a prime person to uh, to interview for this podcast. So a lot of people know you, Matt. Um, I know you, but act like I don't know you because we have about 1,500 people or so that listen to this podcast, and, and some people may not know who you are. So kind of tell us about yourself, your background, where you grew up, and kind of tell us about Ace Consulting a little bit. Okay, so uh, I was born and raised here uh, in Lexington, and um, when I graduated high school, went to the military, went into the Air Force, which uh, I catch a, a lot of flack from from you being a Navy guy. But is, uh, is you know, we're, we're having a Air Force even a branch of service. I didn't know it was a branch of service. It, it depends on who you ask. Okay, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> so I, I graduated high school, uh, went to the Air Force. I did four years in the Air Force. Uh, got out, uh, came back here to Lexington, uh, you know, went into the Pacific Theater, did some time in Korea, Thailand, Japan. Uh, my, you know, my main station was in Alaska. So got back here to Lexington and my whole, my whole goal and ambition had been I wanted to go to school and uh, kind of determine my, you know, my path forward and what I wanted to do from there. And so uh, I enrolled, you know, enrolled in college, started going down that road and um, didn't really know exactly what I had wanted to do initially, uh, I, you know, I started as a business major and I didn't know if that was really an avenue that I would want to go down, you know, per se. And so uh, I happened to be looking uh, on EKU's website and I found the construction management program at EKU. And I thought, man, that sounds pretty cool. You know, I'd always enjoyed, uh, you know, being outside and being outdoors and you know, building things, doing things with my hands. I thought, man, that, that, that seems pretty cool. I could, I could see myself doing that. So did a little exploration on it and decided that was uh, the route that I wanted to go. So uh, enrolled at EKU, uh, you know, went there. That's where I first, in, you know, first ended up meeting you. you when you first started at EKU, um, I was, uh, you know, junior, maybe senior. I was, you know, kind of in my uh, upperclassmen years there. But were you impressed, uh, by, my, were you impressed by my good looks? Yeah, I have to say that I was. Okay. It was it was hard not to it was hard not to be infatuated, you know. Yeah, so, I hear but, you. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but no. So I, I graduated EKU, uh, started working for a local company. Whenever I graduated here in Lexington, and uh, uh, kept in contact, you know, kept in contact with you pretty well. And uh, after you know, after a couple of years, a few years, I was a, I was a newlywed. You know, my wife and I had gotten married in 2010. Uh, sometime in 2011, you had approached me about uh, an opportunity in North Carolina, and that was uh, initially a uh, an opportunity to go to North Carolina for two years. You know, we didn't have kids at the time, my wife and I, so we thought, hey, you know, what the heck, let's let's give it a shot. And that two-year project turned into a seven-year project. Um, but I wouldn't change anything about it. I, I enjoyed the people that I worked with down there. I, I thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed what I did. Uh, and so the whole time that I was down there, uh, I was starting to uh, do things on the, in addition to my regular job duties, I was starting to do things on the side for ACE. So ACE was still 
you know, pretty young and pretty in, in its infancy at that point. I shouldn't say in its infancy, but it was, you know, a few years in at that point, and it was mainly you doing the bulk of the work and, you know, a few outside consultants doing things. And so I started doing a lot of the plan work and the scheduling, and uh, I really took a liking to that as well, you know, that aspect of it and understanding how the federal, you know, federal government uh, construction arena kind of works. And so, you know, one thing led to another, and, and it's, more and more and more and more work is coming in. My project is finally ending in North Carolina. And we said, uh, you, you were still teaching at EKU at the time. And you, you had asked if I would be interested in teaching at EKU. So I said, you know what, we can, we can work a few doors down, you know, run the, run the business, you know, a few doors apart, not something that we had been able to do at that point yet, because we were 800 miles apart or whatever, you know, we had to do all of our, our business dealings over the phone. And so, Went to EKU, uh, was at EKU teaching for not very long whenever, um, you know, we had an epiphany that, uh, and I think I, I want to go into this more a little bit later, but we had an epiphany that why should we just devote half of our time, you know, half of our time to EKU and then half of our time to ACE, why not devote our full attention to ACE? And it was nothing against EKU, but we actually thought that we could be more impactful to EKU and to the construction industry by um, you know, focusing our full-time efforts on, on the business. And so in 2017, we both resigned from EKU and came on, came on full-time with ACE. We opened up a physical office space and the rest is kind of history. It's blown up uh, from there. I mean, we've gone from, we, we have a 3,000 square foot office in Nicholsville, Kentucky, that when we first moved in, we thought, uh, man, this will get us for the next 10 years, and it hasn't been able to sustain us for two without having to branch out to Louisville and Winchester. So um, that's kind of a testament to, you know, how the business has been going for us. Um, you know, on a personal level, I, I'm, uh, I'm married. My wife and I, my wife Jessica and I have been married for, it'll be 10 years, actually, this year. We were married in 2010. We have two kids that have a six-year-old son that'll be seven in a few months and a three-year-old daughter that'll be four in a few months and then a third child on the way that will be due in April, April 15th, tax day. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my background and how, you know, progress with ACE as far as, um, as far as what ACE is and what ACE does. <clears throat> ACE is a, is a construction consulting company and we got our start uh, mainly in the in the federal construction side, and for for those of you that aren't aware or don't know, federal government construction is it, it can be difficult if you're not aware of the requirements and what you know what you have to do to even be able to get mobilized on site. They, um, you know, they have the biggest checkbook in the world, and that's great because you are going to get paid for your work so long as you do your work, but it can absolutely bury people if you're not aware. They require, just like any other government agency, they require a substantial amount of paperwork and, you know, schedules and plans and things like that uh, from the get-go, you know, before you can even mobilize the site. So that was kind of how ACE got started uh, with, you know, with a customer that had come to you with a specific government requirement. And we turned that one government requirement into, we had a list of, of 50 uh, different types of plans and services and things that we can do for the federal government now, but also we branch that into the commercial sector, um, you know, the, into the into the private construction industry. So 
the the consulting side is kind of where we picked up and really started running that was uh you know that was doing accident prevention plans safety plans our bread and butter on the on the pre-construction side is definitely scheduling we have uh, uh staffed ourselves we have staffed ace with um a, a team of high level schedulers that they're really good at what they do and and uh you know can really go out and knock it knock it out for people um and you know get get that set that requirement satisfied and the the advantage on the scheduling piece of it is that schedules are universal across construction it's not specific to the federal government it is uh, a little more difficult you know on the federal government side but it's not just specific to them so we do that across the board for, for private and federal things like accident prevention plans uh, safety plans quality controls um, erosion control plans and stormwater pollution and prevention plans those things uh are are you know heavy federal focused uh, federal government focused uh, outside of the, the stormwater pollution prevention plan um but you know we've we've grown our uh that that pre-construction side and do a pretty you know pretty sizable uh business you know its own little entity if you will uh inside of ace doing that side uh, another requirement that we see pretty frequently on federal government construction projects are the need for designated site safety officers, quality control managers, superintendents, project managers, project engineers. They are very explicit in their specifications about having those things and about, you know, what kind of qualifications that they have. And, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily staff those, you know, those individuals on staff. They're you know they have a unique skill set they um you know they they've got a specific a bit of uh experience in that arena and so you know a lot of people don't don't keep them on staff it's difficult for them to find so we have built up we have a team basically now of uh of recruiters developers relationship builders uh, on our field side that, that they go out and they develop relationships with clients and uh, you know, and personnel that could be supers, quality control managers, safeties, whatever it might be. So they build those relationships. You know, we vet them. We have a pretty stringent uh, vetting process on, um, you know, on that field side. And we get, you know, asked to uh, come in and assist with, you know, uh, providing the personnel for two weeks, three weeks, a year, two years, seven years, like my project, whatever it might be. And uh, we're able to do that. And you know, put somebody to work, you know, get somebody putting food on the table for their family. And also at the same time, you know, satisfy a need for a client that we have. And then that also kind of expands into the uh, commercial side with our superintendents. We, um, uh, you know, we, we have a number, you know, we still are heavy on the federal side, but we have a number of uh, superintendents, project managers, project engineers that um, are on you know, private, let's say private, private construction and or commercial construction, uh, you know, various companies all over the place. So all told, uh, we, we maintain anywhere between 50 and 60 uh, people out in the field. We call it out in the field. You know, these are representing us across the United States. We've had someone in every state and internationally. We've had people in Guam, Germany, Greenland, um, you know, all over, you know, all over the place. And so the, the bulk of them now in the United States, but every state, we have people in Alaska right now, we have people in Hawaii and everywhere in between. So we got those two main pieces of the business. And then the last kind of smaller piece uh, that we do is training. So we have a lot of uh, uh, people with heavy construction backgrounds that work for us that have gotten a lot of these um, bulky requirements, if you will, for, uh, um, you know, 
got federal government projects. And so they, uh, we, we do training with fall protection training, confined space training, um, you know, OSHA 30, OSHA 10, a variety of different types of training uh, for construction, you know, for construction uh, companies. Scheduling training is another big one that we do. So those are the three uh, big pieces of the business. Uh, my, um, you know, my job is to make sure that that's operating smoothly on a day-to-day basis. That, um, you know, that if any, if any issues that are brought to me or delegated or not should they delegated, elevated to me, uh, that I am able to handle those, you know, quickly and efficiently and make sure that at the end of the day, we're providing the best possible experience for the customer that we can provide. And so, uh, now that's that's kind of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, and that's kind of in a nutshell, a long, a long-winded version, nutshell of what Ace does as a, as a company. So I know I I know I have this uh, this question later, but it's, this seems like a prime time to kind of ask it. So what's the future of Ace? So we we ha- we follow an EO, what's called an EOS model, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and and that's kind of a um, a thing that sparked a big change <clears throat> in the business and kind of going back to when I talked about leaving uh, from EKU in 2017, the big thing that sparked that was was you being at a uh, a leadership group that practiced EOS and, and getting that difficult question. And that's the point I was asked, it's difficult questions. And so one of the things that EOS does is it has you put together your core values, your tor- your mission, your vision, you know, all these different things to really hyper-focus on have everybody hyper focus on one direction, so everybody's rolling in the same way, in you know, in the same direction. And part of that is your five-year plan, your ten-year plan. So in 2018, I'm sorry, 2017, we came up with a five-year plan. You know, where do we want to be in five years? Where do we want to be in ten years? So on and so forth. So our five-year plan. Uh, so by 2022, two years from now, we want to be a 20 million dollar company, 20 million dollars in gross revenue as a company. Um, and, you know, we, we individually break that out per sector uh, of the business, you know, for, for field and then for pre-con and training and so on. So we, we inside of that five-year plan, we broke that down into year-by-year metrics. And then obviously from there, we break it down into monthly metrics, weekly metrics, so that every little thing, it's almost like a TT, every, every little thing, every little metric always, always laser focuses up to one key metric per year or, you know, per five, per five year, a milestone that we're looking to achieve. Uh, so that's our five-year plan is to get at $20 million. Our 10-year plan is to be a $50 million company. And so there's a variety of reasons, you know, for that. A, we want to, what we can do, the lives that we can change. And, you know, a part of our vision is, uh, our, our vision is to, is that we're in the business of building the kingdom. You know, we are a Christian-based company. And um, part of our, our, you know, part of what we believe in is not just about how much, you know, how big can we get this thing and how much money we can make, but we understand that the larger that this thing is, the more impactful we can be uh, both to employees and people that work to us and for outside endeavors that we do that I'll, I'll go into later, um, you know, as far as uh, donations, charitable donations, you know, giving back to our church, giving back to our community. And so in 10 years, we want to be a $50 million company. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have discussed, you know, exit strategy for, for yourself, Scott, and, uh, you know, how that looks in, in the 10-year range. And so that's kind of part of what we shoot to, uh, you know, to assist, assist you to, you know, to, to walk away, put your hands up and finally walk away and, and be free and clear of it. And, you know, we take it into the next generation from there. 
So tell us about, um, and, and I have some inside information, obviously, but tell us about TAG. <laughs> okay, so what we have decided, uh, we have kind of how I broke out the uh, the business earlier where I talked about how we have field and we have training and we have pre-con. If you look at a, a typical construction company, you know, generally you might see them break out into a couple entities. Maybe they have a design wing, maybe they have a construction wing, or they, you know, they have a, uh, a concrete division and a, you know, a, a steel division or something like that. So they're, they're usually kind of, they're kind of wrapped up into one or two, you know, or so divisions. What we kind of discovered is that we have a lot of different avenues uh, to what we do, a lot of different revenue streams. Obviously, field is a big one, training is a big one, and pre-con. But we're also working um, with uh, on a what's called a GSA. So GSA is is one of the one of the heaviest spenders in government construction. You know they they allocate billions of dollars of funds every year uh, to a variety of you know construction. It could be on the consulting side. So we are in the process of getting our GSA schedule approved. Well, when that's approved, that becomes a you know a division, a sector of of this whole thing. Right. And so then we have that. We have our, our training piece, our pre-con piece, our field piece. We have our construction piece. So we, ha we have an ability to be bonded now. We have gone through the process. We can be bonded for construction. Early on in, in ACE's infancy, ACE was a construction company, you know, and you and doing some VA work uh, in and around Nashville, up and around Lexington. Um, that's something that we are exploring and uh, and getting back to, we've got somebody that's looking at that. So what we had looked at and decided was, okay, we have, you know, all these all these people. We have all these variety of different companies. We need to try to create a system, an organizational structure that captures what everybody's responsibility is within each of each individual company. So we created a company called Tag, which is uh, short for the Ace Group, and basically all the Ace companies, all the Ace subsidiaries subsidiaries are going to roll up into tag. So it's kind of like that TP effect that I talked about earlier. Everybody's going to point, you know, everyone's going to roll up to a single response, yeah, single uh, authority and or responsibility within the company, which will be you. You'll be the president, uh, you know, CEO of tag. I'll be the chief operations officer. I'll be the president of ACE. And then we have a variety of different people throughout the company that are going to be presidents of those individual companies that roll into tag. So, you know, we'll have we'll have a uh, uh, one guy with specific gentleman in charge of our GSA services, GSA and governmental services. We have a specific person in charge of training, you know, the field services, the pre-con services, the construction piece. They ultimately will all fall under the tag umbrella, the, you know, the tag company, if you will. So what do you think? Um, and I'm interested to hear this because, you know, we've worked together for you know a long time. But from your perspective, what do you think is the most significant event that has shaped the business model of ACE? So I, I elaborated on it a little bit earlier, but I believe it was us implementing EOS. And, and I kind of equate it to – it rolls up to EOS, but I look at it as two significant events. The first significant event being – hey, we're going to quit focusing half of our time on ACE and half of our time on EKU, and we're just going to go focus on ACE. And I think the fruit of that labor has just been shown like crazy. You know, we, when we left from EKU, we were not small by any means. You know, we were, we were a good-sized company, but we have grown by 
uh, 50% in revenue and I think 50 back to back years of 50% in revenue, which is pretty substantial. And so, um, that is, that was one significant event. And then to kind of piggyback on that one, implementing the EOS modeling, um, was significant for our company. And the reason I believe it was is because it made us look at, okay, what is our vision and our mission? You know, we, we didn't have that. We didn't, we didn't have that listed at all. And, you know, we had some consultants come in and give us some advice on certain things. And at one point we were calling our vision, what our mission statement would be, would be, we had it all backwards. And, uh, you know, I was an, I was skeptical, you know, I was like, well, what's the point of having a vision and a mission? I don't understand how that's going to really help us in any way. You know, what's that going to do? And I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent now of, of having that. And the reason is because you, you get buy-in and you get everyone to agree to what is your mission and what is your vision. We have it on our walls here in the office. We recite it at meetings and, you know, we just, we make sure that everyone understands it. And the reason is because it's a belief system that we have. And so if, if someone's not on board with our vision or our mission, it's difficult for them to fit into what we do as an organization. And so it's about getting everybody rowing in that same direction. If everybody believes in the same vision, believes in the same mission, we're all rowing in the same direction and we're streamlined, you know, going down the same path. And that's been a significant event for us. It really has. Um, and, you know, the funny thing about EOS is that, um, and for people who don't know about it, is, you know, you kind of have, you know, when we didn't have a, a, vision and mission written down we knew what we were all about we just didn't articulate it you know and uh mm -hmm. and you know if you walked around our company and talked to people people knew what we were all about but we it was not consistent and uh, i i know that we discovered that gosh man when you have people stretched out all over the world like we do it's important that you have a good value set you know so that everybody knows what perspective we are, you know, so, cause we don't see the guys in the field every day. So it's important right. they understand where we come from. Um, I, I also wanted to, you mentioned uh, the vision. You didn't mention our, our mission statement or our core values. Okay. So yeah, our, our, our vision is we're in the business of building the kingdom. Uh, our mission is that our mission is using our Christian values. We make project administration, uh, easy for our clients. So basically what we're saying is that we are going to make it painful or pa painless for you as a client. You come to us because you have a need. You don't want to have to, like I had kind of talked about a little bit earlier with the, uh, with the federal government, their requirements can be very difficult. They can be very stressful for, for somebody that's just trying to get in and get going. Um, our, our role in that and initially get, getting you going is pretty critical because you can't mobilize, you can't bill and get that first payment off of your first invoice until there's a certain amount of plans, schedule, so on and so forth approved. So we want to make it, our goal is to make it as easy as possible. And like, that's one of the things that we recite, like I said, at our meetings, are we making, you know, are we, are we using our mission to make it easy on this customer through our accounts receivable, through our field, through our pre-com, whatever it might be. Everybody has to try to keep in mind are we making it as easy on them as possible? We want them to turn this over to us and we say, we got this. You take a deep breath and you focus your energy and your efforts on something else for your company 
we'll take care of this for you. You're not going to have any problems. If there are any, is any issues that arise or come back, we will handle them. You know, we'll, we'll get them taken care of. No problem. And that kind of leads into what our core values are. So we have an acronym for our core values called RUG. And it, excuse me, it stands for doing the right thing, being the gold standard in what we do, and having an extreme sense of urgency. And I went RGU, but it's RUG. You know, they're, they're interchangeable. There's no one that's any more important than the other, but all three of them are as equally as important. Doing the right thing for us is construction has been, in the past, has been known as an industry where some unethical, some shady things can happen. It doesn't, you know, construction has a bad rap for that, and rightfully so. You know, there are things that, that I've seen that I know that you have seen, Scott, that kind of make you scratch your head, and, and you know, you're just like, well, man, that's that's uh, an interesting way to do something. And what's, so, fun, what's funny what, about that, too, is it's not just seeing these things. They're not just like one-off things. This is like a systematic, you know, effort of unethical behavior, you know, and uh, I, I mean, oh, yeah. I, and, and I'm not talking about any individual company, but there's some things that we think are acceptable in construction that in other businesses, it wouldn't be. Right. No, absolutely. It's, it's unfortunate, but it is, it just, it happens in, in the construction industry. So we, we are trying to do our part to kind of change that, kind of tilt that paradigm a little bit a different way. So, Doing the right thing it, for us, doing the right thing means even if there's a an opportunity that we're going to lose money, if it's the right thing to do, we're going to do it. And we have lost money by having that core value. But at the end of the day, we know that we're going to be judged on our actions. We can't control the actions of other individuals, other companies. All we can do is say, hey, did we in our heart of hearts do the right thing? And if we believe that, we've upheld that core value for ourselves. And so we practice that one you know, ex extensively. That's, that. you know, it's it's critical. That, that it's critical belief system for us and our core values. Our second one is having a sense of urgency. And that, that one kind of goes into, uh, I keep harping on the difficulty of these, uh, you know, these federal government requirements. And even even for that matter, a, uh, a private company. But if someone calls us, generally when someone calls us, they're in a extreme situation of need. And hey, I have I have to have this scheduled back tomorrow. I have to have this. I need somebody out here tomorrow, or my job gets shut down. And so we have thrived on saying, okay, we got you. Um, you know, there's been times, there's been plenty of times when uh, I've worked until two, three, four o'clock in the morning to get something right for a customer and get that back, get that back to them. And I think that goes and. 80% of our businesses repeat business. And I think that's a key example why. Um, there, are other, there are other companies in our industry that have three, four, five, six, you know, six-week lead times on schedules, plans, whatever it might be. You know, we don't, we, we don't, we're not telling our guys that they can never sleep. And, and, it, and it comes in ebbs and flows. You know, there are busy seasons. But we understand as a company that, if we get something, we can't just sit on it, that we have to do everything in our power to complete it as quickly and as efficiently as possible because people are relying on us, could be relying on us for money, you know, for payment. You know, they're hanging on by a thread. People are relying on us for that. So that's kind of where our urgency piece comes in. And then our gold standard 
is just pretty straightforward. We just want to be, and, and we have the, you know, the resources and the people here in our company to be the gold standard in what we do. You know, we have expert witness capabilities. We have people that call us just to, hey, I need your opinion on this. What would you do in this situation? Uh, and that comes from, if you add up, you know, your federal construction and construction experience, mine, Paul's, Ross's, Josh's, Dustin's, so, you know, go on down the line. It's multiple, multiple, multiple decades, probably over a hundred years. And so uh, we've seen a lot of things and, you know, we, we are able to kind of uh, take that ex expertise and knowledge and put that to our work and, you know, show ourselves as being the gold standard. So. Well, and it, you know, you mentioned about like customer service and people have heard me say this several different times during our podcast, but that's something that's lost in our industry. And you know, when you look at Amazon, and I'm, my guys are sick and tired of hearing me to say this, but <laughs> when you look at Amazon, uh, Jeff Bezos is not, you know, the richest man in the world for no reason. He he's the richest man in the world because he understands how business is, and he he says that he that uh, everyone needs to be customer obsessed. You know, obsessed with. Mm -hmm their customer and their needs. And that's something that we talk about consistently. And, uh, and honestly, everybody does a good job on that. So ch changing gears here, what do you think personally skills and abilities that you have that ha have helped the business? Uh, I believe that construction experience is a big one. Um, you know, being out there now, I've been in the, I've been in the construction industry now for 13 years, which is by no means, the most anybody you know out there has been in but you see a lot in 13 years and so uh c coming in and, and being able to kind of i was fortunate my, my project in north carolina like i said it went from a two to a seven-year project but the advantage to that is that i had every everything that could possibly be in the book thrown at me in that time that was it was chock full of delays time impact analysis just you know hundreds and hundreds of rfis and design issues and so every day something else some kind of other curveball was getting thrown at you and you had to adapt and you know kind of try to overcome that so i think a big piece of it is is to, is, is my experience in the construction industry and, and being able to kind of uh lead with that and say well this is what i did in a similar situation that something worked out well or positive um my you know my qualities uh my i i align i pride myself on aligning my aligning with our core values and so, you know, doing the right thing, I, I'm, that's, you know, that's where I am. That's what I believe in doing. Uh, part of that kind of goes into my, into my faith. You know, that's why I, I like working with a company that is a Christian-based company is not afraid to put it out there. Our, our values kind of align with that. So, you know, I, I try to lead with that. Uh, I try uh, to get better every day as a leader. You know, I want people to, I want people to look up to me. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that if, you know, I, you want you want folks that are going to, you know, like being out on the battlefield, you want people that are going to be in that foxhole with you fighting and doing whatever they got to do and looking to you to say, OK, what's our next move? You know, what are we doing now? And you have that answer and you have that, you know, the gall to go out and make that call and say, yep, this is what we're going to do and I'm going to stand by it. And so I would say those are probably my. Uh, you know, my, my biggest three, biggest three qualities. Well, you know, and, and uh, not to pat you on the back, Matt, because I don't like doing that, but I'm just joking. So uh, the, the fact is, is that uh, in, and what I saw in you 
more than anything. And I always tell this story and Matt's sick and tired of hearing me tell the story, but I'm telling this to anyhow, because most people don't know. One of the reasons I selected Matt was because when he was in college, he, he was in college the first year I taught at EKU and uh, that was the last semester. And he was in my scheduling class and I gave him a grade. And after I, I handed back the paper and he came up to me after class and said, Hey, on, on Blackboard, you gave me an A, but I really only earned a B. And that made a significant impact upon me personally to because I thought to myself, here's somebody that had nothing but to benefit just by shutting his mouth, but he did the right thing. That was one that was a, a very a very important thing, but as important or maybe not maybe a little less important is uh your ability to kind of I mean you can you can learn. You don't need to be you know, fed with a spoon, you know, you can figure out how to get stuff done, even if you haven't done it before. And, and, and uh, people, people call it being teachable, but truly, I just think it, it's called having initiative, you know, and uh, that's something that's, that's not common. And, and that's one of the reasons, I mean, you're the vice president of operations for this company, um, you know, and uh, you're almost 40 and I can't believe you're almost 40, but uh, you know, the, <laughs> Me the, I know that, the, the there that that's the reason you've been so successful is because you're just uh you're just a go-getter so um now i'm done saying anything nice about you but uh now <laughs> now i want to kind of jump into advice so this podcast is listened by a lot of people that either are construction executives but we have a population of people that are just aspiring you know what advice would you give them professionally? And then on the, on the flip side of that, what advice would you give personally? So I would say, and this one is cliche, but I, I believe in it. And you, you just kind of alluded to it. Hard work works. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're willing to get down into the nitty gritty and do anything and absolutely everything necessary to be successful and, and, you know, if that means not sleeping as much, you know, whatever that means, that's, that goes a long way. That will take anybody far. I mean, you have to, there are, you know, certain, you know, tangible skills. You have to have intelligence and this, that, and the other, but hard work, if you're willing to work hard, people recognize that people are willing to get behind you and work hard with you, you know, on that aspect. I would say that one, I would say not to accept failure. I think a lot of times, you know, failure is, uh, is just a way for you to learn. You know, failure, there, there are more lessons learned in uh, the failure of an endeavor that you go down than there, there could be if, if it was a successful endeavor, you know, because you, you could be blinded to those, you know, blinded to the things that could sneak up behind you and get you if you're successful. I think failure is a fantastic learning opportunity, but don't accept failure. You know, if you fall flat on your face, okay, what did I do that tripped me up? I'm going to not do that next time. I'm going to go out and do that better. Um, you know, if, if you're looking to get into business, I think it's key to have fun. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough when I was down in North Carolina working with the company down there, we worked hard, but we also played hard. And, and I think a lot of times we get lost on, uh, you know, sitting down and uh, just, you know, pecking away at the job, you know, all day. And it's almost like we're robotic. And, and so, breaking that up for people and you know we do we do a good job of we'll go out and have lunch you know or we'll we'll go and do a team building exercise or we'll do a you know we do a company vacation together 
if you can have fun, you can, you know, you can kind of get everybody on board. That's a key thing. Um, you know, we, we have a, and I don't know the best way to say to, to do this, but a key, a key point, a, a additional key point would be consider this, a, you know, consider this like a family. We, uh, we've done a really good job here of, you know, fostering relationships between everyone here. I couldn't tell you uh, of anybody here that doesn't like the other person. There's, there's not a lot of bickering and gossiping and this, you know, this person said this going around in the company. We get along well. We're like a, we're like a family. Like I said, we go on vacations together. We have a great time. We sit around the table and, you know, and eat meals together and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, personally, you know, on a personal, those are kind of business and personal. I would just be, I would just say, make sure that you are doing what you're passionate about doing. If, uh, if you're not passionate, if you don't like your job, it, it, you know, if you, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, ah, uh, driving into work and you're grunting and groaning, man, this is going to be a terrible day. This is going to suck. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to find your calling doing anything like that. Um, you know, be passionate about what you do. Enjoy what you do. I don't, there's not a time when I'm, when I, I can be stressed out and frustrated, you know, and, and, you know, things coming up, but I'm never just like, oh man, I don't want to work anymore. That this doesn't happen. And so be passionate about what you do. Enjoy what you do. And the rest will come. You work hard. You be passionate. You know, don't accept failure. It should. It's. It's. You know, the rest should come easily for you. Yeah, good advice. So definitely being passionate about what you do. So now we're going to go into our speed round here, and uh, we're just. You know, I want you to rate one to ten. Ten being the most important. One being the least important. They could all be tens. Um, but I just want to go through the different criteria, you know, different parts of construction. So with that said, give me a number scheduling nine estimating. Yeah, nine. So you're not letting me elaborate and you know, that's killing me, but I'll, okay, I'll go ahead and elaborate. Go ahead and elaborate. <laughs> well, I don't want to belabor it, but scheduling, obviously we do scheduling. I always lead off my scheduling training by saying that scheduling is the most important, unimportant document that you can have on your project. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we do a schedule on the very front end and then we wad it up and throw it in the trash. We do it for it to satisfy a requirement and then it gets thrown away. But if you truly, if you truly use a schedule as it's designed to use, I believe personally, and I don't just say this because we do them, I think it is the most valuable tool that you can have on your project. Estimating. Nine, if your estimate sucks, you're gonna lose money, and that's not what you're in the business of doing. So if your estimate sucks, you suck. You know, well, you, you, don't, <laughs> exactly. you, don't, you don't suck too long because <laughs> you won't be in business. Um, <laughs> exactly. Contract administration. Eight. I'm giving you a chance to elaborate if you want. I won't. I won't elaborate too much on that one. Okay. Design. Eight. Again, kind of like estimating. If you have a bad design, it's it's difficult. And I know at first hand. Like I said, we had over 400 RFIs on my on one of my projects in North Carolina. A bad design can make for stressful, stressful project. Contracts. I would give contracts an eight. I think having a solid contract is extremely important. You know, people are so happy. Uh, they're happy to go out and get lawyers. If you can mitigate that risk as much as possible through an ironclad contract, I'd say that's quite important. Accounting. Accounting, I gave a nine. 
and I gave accounting a nine because uh, one thing that I have come to realize uh, being in the role that I'm in now and being, you know, working closer every day with you is that cash flow is uh, it's pretty darn important. If, you know, when I first got into the industry, if you would have said how important is cash flow, I probably would have said five, maybe four. But uh, I get it now. I understand it now. It's uh, you got bills to pay and you got the kind of money going out that we have every week to pay 80 people and you need cash and a lot of it. And so uh, I've come to realize pretty quickly that that falls heavily on the accounting department. And that's, they're pretty important for that. Selling work. Nine. And then the last one, leadership. Leadership, I gave a 10. I think that that is just crucially important. I, I think that if you have uh, someone at the helm of the company that uh, is just will, or not even at the helm of the company, it can be just people in leadership positions. You know, it could be a project manager. But if you have somebody that you're following, that it that is your boss, that uh, doesn't care, isn't passionate, you know, doesn't take the time to, uh, you know, want to get to know you or want to assist you or want to help you be successful you're not gonna you're not gonna get behind that person and if you're not behind that person you're not on board with the project and things just can go south quickly well that kind of wraps up uh the bulk and i as i always do i will give you the mat last word matt uh i do want to say thank you for uh i know this is a little different arrangement given the fact that I'm part of ACE, but uh, but I, I you know you are a significant figure within construction, especially in the region that we were in. I mean, if you walk around, you talk with people, um, they know who you are and uh, they know what you bring to the table. And I, I thought you had a lot of good advice working with you every day over these years. I just thought you have a lot of good advice to to give out because you're one of those uh, you know very uh, you know very good leaders out there that um you know has seen a company go from ground up and very few leaders get to be with the company from ground up and then maintain their senior level in the organization you have just because you have that skill set so i'll thank you for that um and uh, i want to give you the last word okay i will just uh i'll just say again be passionate about what you do one thing that um one thing that we didn't quite get to that is that is uh a big thing that we do is I mentioned earlier is giving back. Um, there's a, you know, being able to help people, uh, whether it's through your, you know, job creation, you know, giving your, your own funds, whatever it might be, but being able to help people is why we're here on earth. You know, we're all, uh, we're all made in the image of one creator. And that is, that is lost a lot in today's, you know, political dogma and everything that goes on in the world. But uh, being able to give back and help people is, is important and I would say uh, don't ever forget that always always remember to, to do what you can to help people and be be the kind of person that that people would want to come to and uh, you know would want to want to get behind and be a you know be a, a beacon of hope for people so that's that's about it well uh, thank you Matt for being with us today next week on Connex we'll have another construction executive and uh, see you next week <laughs>